Hey, and welcome to another Liberty's Lantern. Today is actually a re-recording on HB 780 conversation that we actually had on Sunday or yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, we were trying a different file format and went up to loading to YouTube. It dropped out the audio. So, unfortunately, we had to re-record because I couldn't transfer it over and maintain the audio in sync with the video. So, we're kind of re-recording. But like I said, today's topic is going to be HB 780, which is legislation coming out of North Carolina. Really important stuff uh, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to redefine marriage all over again. Uh, they're citing the fact that uh, they have the power of nullification with the Tenth Amendment. They're quoting Genesis and the Bible. Uh, they're going over a whole bunch of things in this bill. Unfortunately, it was, well, fortunately, it was really poorly worded and poorly constructed. And we're going to go over why it was unconstitutional. And we're going to talk about some other great stuff uh, on how, if they wanted to, the only legal path, well, there's two legal paths that they have if they are dead set on it, but we're going to talk about the legality there. And then I want to share a website with you that is going to be a great resource for libertarians, uh, for the LGBTQ+, or as I like to say, GSM community. Uh, and all of that. So we're going to go over a whole bunch of things. And notice, I'm wearing my uh, Outright Libertarian t-shirt today, and I've got the Rainbow Gadsden. Once again, if you want one of these, it's an awesome flag. Uh, take a look. It's the Rainbow Gadsden. You can get one for free when you sign up for your membership with Outright Libertarians. And you can do that right now at OutrightUSA.org. But we're going to talk a little bit more about them in a little bit. I wanted just to uh, give you a little bit of an extended uh, intro there. We're going to start this off right now. Okay, so like I said, uh, I'm going to share, I'm going to bring up the legislation here right away here. Okay, so this is what the General of Assembly in North Carolina in their session in 2017 brought forward. It's House Bill 780. Some things I just want to kind of point out here that they, it's a really short bill, by the way. It, it, it only is one page long. So to the writer... I congratulate you for shortness, even though it is a horribly worded bill and a horrible bill unto itself. But I applaud you for your shortness, at least. So, right here in line four, they bring up the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. We're going to talk about this a little bit more here in the next segment. But the Tenth Amendment allows you to do nullification. And that is a very powerful force that is allowed to you by the federal government 
as a state. However, it cannot be used all the time. And we're going to talk about when and how it can be used. The next thing I wanted to point out is right over here. And they start talking about Genesis 2.24, that a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. We're going to start talking about some biblical marriage law beyond this. Some of it's still in Genesis, and how this can actually help them create a law. Not that I want to see one created, but you're going to see the lunacy that may actually get rolled into this. And how this should not only be concerning LGBTQ+, or like I'm going to refer from now on, the GSM community. This bill was rushed, and other than Pittman, who is the one who submitted the bill, uh... The two other primary sponsors of the bill, when interviewed by local news immediately after this bill was submitted, didn't even know that this was going to affect marriage law in the state of North Carolina. So that's kind of one of the more concerning things, not just the bill itself, but the fact that people are sponsoring bills and not even reading them, that's a huge problem, especially in the concerning the bill being so short. You couldn't take all of five minutes of your time and read it. You just are friends with Pittman, and he asked for additional sponsors, and you said yes, is really what it kind of boiled down to. I don't know. I, whatever. I, that's what you want to do, that's what you do, but I know if I was in the legislature and someone asked me to sponsor a bill, I'd be like, sure, let me read it. But hey, that's neither here nor there. So, like I said, we're going to talk about the Tenth Amendment. And the Tenth Amendment's actually really, really simple. It's the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So over time, this has become, and rightfully so, a power of nullification. So the state can look at a bill that the federal government passes and says, you know what, we're not going to deal with this. This is not something that we want to enforce. This is not something that we want to play with. So we're going to ignore that this bill actually exists, which is totally in the power of every single state out there. However, there is a restriction, and the restriction is the Supreme Court, or the, well, let me rewind. It's actually the Constitution. You cannot nullify anything that's in the Constitution. And the Constitution, with all of its amendments, is less than 9,000 words long. So it's a very short document. 
and it was designed to be a living document. But there's only one party that can actually make it a living document, and that is the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court looks at cases and applies it or uses that case to redefine or clarify the Constitution. And if they do so, utilizing only the Constitution, it now becomes an extension of the Constitution through clarification. If, well, and then it, no state can nullify it. If states then go back and make a constitutional amendment, that that would supersede the uh, decision of the Supreme Court, or they would have to create laws that would make the decision of the Supreme Court null and void. So we're going to get into how they can do that. Obviously, bringing forth an amendment is, is a is a clear process. If you don't know how to do it, I encourage you to look up, look it up. But it's a very lengthy process that will usually take approximately 10 years of time. Uh, there are certain examples that go much, much quicker. Uh, the repeal of prohibition was an amendment that took all of 18 months, and that is the shortest amendment. The longest amendment was originally proposed as the 11th amendment it was actually supposed to be part of the bill of rights did not get passed when it was originally brought up uh, back in the 1790s and actually did finally get passed in the early 2000s and that was the amendment regarding congress and how they vote for their pay raises so that one got passed but it took over 200 years to do so that's your range of uh, how long it takes to move amendments through the system. So why variance there? Uh, but there's actually a lot of amendments out there that are still floating, but aren't moving. So the clock's all running on those. So the Supreme Court, so we talked about the Supreme Court and how states cannot nullify using this during the through the 10th amendment which is not always true if the supreme court utilizes it as just a case or a clarification to an existing case with not discussing the constitution which is within their entire power and actually happens quite frequently a state can nullify those decisions because it's not a clarification of the Constitution. However, if the Supreme Court does not use precedents or other legislation to clarify, and they do exclusively use the Constitution, it is now considered a constitutional clarification. The constitutional clarification cannot be nullified. So, the case that everyone's talking about on this is is this one right here and it happened in 2015 <clears throat> and the major 
or, or the majority opinion discussed exclusively the 14th Amendment of the Constitution and utilized that clarification as part of the 14th Amendment. So therefore, the 14th Amendment applies to the GSM community as well. So what does this mean? Well, if they're using an amendment of the Constitution as their justification of the majority opinion, <coughs> excuse me, it can no longer be nullified because you can't nullify anything in the Constitution. And now the Supreme Court is acting as a clarifier of what was the original intent or what the intent of the Constitution would be in today's world. So the fact that you have HB 780 referring to the 10th Amendment, this actually becomes completely useless because the way the majority opinion was written, it can't be nullified. So we already know that this bill is totally unconstitutional, which by the way, uh, HB 780 in the wisdom of other members of the North Carolina Assembly, uh, the House and the Senate, this bill will not see even the light of committee. It is dead as it sits. However, I did want to talk about this because it exists and I'm just making sure that other states don't bring forward legislation like this. So, we talked about states can bring forward a constitutional amendment. Constitutional amendment gets brought forth Congress, Congress votes on it, and then it goes to the Senate. It gets goes through the entire legislative process, but it's earmarked as a constitutional amendment. Once it passes all of that, instead of going to the president's desk to get signed to become a law, it then goes to all the state legislatures, and they have to vote and ratify it. Once 66% of all of the state legislatures vote and ratify it, then at that point, it goes back to the House and Senate, and it gets approved as an amendment to the Constitution. The likelihood of that happening, pretty slim. However, it could happen. I don't want to see it happen. That's not what I'm here for. I want less government, and this would be an intrusion into personal rights, but it could happen. There is another way uh, that states could create marriage laws that would be outside of the Supreme Court decision. And that would be changing the terms of marriage. So if states said that everyone can get civilly united, so a civil union, we're doing away with marriage. And everyone can get a civil union, and that's what we're now calling marriage. At that point, you're granting civil unions to everyone, and you are accepting that everyone has the right to marriage. Then, on top of that, what you could do is you could create a 
differential of terms. So if you're Christian or Jewish, you could get married. If you create a different term for Islam, you create a different term for all your religions. And other people can move forward and bring their own terms to these civil unions. And they would have to follow the terms and conditions of your holy book. Not just one passage. They would have to be the entire definition of marriage that would be found throughout. Bringing up some really interesting clauses, especially in Judaism and in uh, Christianity, because there are some things in there that are, well, not modernly acceptable. So this is, this is pretty much everything that exists. Uh, oh, things are cut off. Let me bring that down. All right. So this is everything that exists in the Bible for marriage. So obviously, as this bill quotes, Genesis 2.24, which is what we consider a nuclear family, and it's a marriage between a man and a, and a woman. Great. Well, then in Abraham, Gideon, Nahor, Jacob, uh, and on and on and on and on, you could have a man, a wife, and your concubine, and that would still constitute a legal marriage. Or in Genesis 16, man, woman, and woman's property, or i.e. slave. And a man could have up to three wives, as in a whole slew of books throughout the Bible. Then uh, if your brother dies and his wife is childless, according to Genesis 38, 6 through 10, his wife is now your wife and you are now given the obligation of giving her a child. In Deuteronomy, if you rape a woman, she becomes your wife, as long as she's not married already, and if she is already married, then she has to be put to death. If you're a soldier of war and you kill a man, his wife now becomes your wife, but then refer back to the rule where you can only have three wives. And if you're a slave, you are only eligible for the nuclear family or a man and a woman, and that's as per Exodus 21.4. So you would have to pretty much include all of these if you are going to go and have a strict biblical definition. If you're breaking apart marriage <clears throat> from civil union. I'm sure there are some legal loopholes that people can enact and all of that stuff, but on the surface, that's pretty much the way they'd have to go if they want to make it a theocratic law. Obviously, that would cause not only a lot of problems with women's groups, that would cause a lot of problems with a lot of other people. It just would not be good. It's just kind of ludicrous, especially in today's world. 
try to sell to a woman that she gets raped and now her rapist is legally her husband. You try to sell that to somebody, it's going to go over like a lead balloon. It's not going to happen. So obviously there's a lot of things in here that people do not think about, do not understand, and will never tolerate. So guess what? Not going to happen. GSM marriage is the land of the law, and there's nothing anyone can do. You are giving these people rights. You are giving the GSM community to live a happy life, and if you take personal offense to that, my entire take on it is doth protest too much, and you're now afraid that your secret gay lover is going to want you to get married. And that's the only way I can look at it. So, <clears throat> if you want, uh, if you are GSM yourself, if you are a GSM supporter, if you are just interested, I encourage you to go to this website, which is Outright Libertarians. Uh, like I said, you can get that really nice flag that's behind us with a, uh, with a sustaining membership of $30 or more. Uh, you can go either sustaining or founders club that would get you the flag. We, uh, we would love that. We would love your support on that. Uh, but definitely the Outright Libertarians, a great, great organization for the GSM community. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. I appreciate you watching this week. I hope you found out a lot of great information. I hope that you are thinking about things that you may not have thought about before, especially how the Supreme Court works and how legislation needs to be written. Uh, if you want to be a bigot, uh, but there you go. So again, I don't support this legislation. I don't support any legislation that would limit the rights of anybody. After all, I am a libertarian, but playing devil's advocate, you have to look at how people are going to come at you to really understand the ultimate ramifications of things. Thank you for watching the re-recording of this, and I hope that you've enjoyed. I will see you on Sunday with another great topic. Have a great week. Enjoy. Thank you.